Welcome to Unique Visitors, conversations about digital marketing. I'm your host, Mike Kurtz. Let's get to it. Today, my guest is Wade Dickerson. Wade is a digital marketing strategist at the University of Dayton. Prior to joining UD, he worked in a variety of digital roles from sales and strategy to fulfillment and analytics. Now at the University of Dayton, he focuses on effectively reaching prospective students and a variety of other audiences through digital advertising and the web. Hi, Wade. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks so much. I think we should start with saying that we're recording this in mid-May. So you know, we're about two months into the a lot of businesses shutting down because of the COVID situation. And so how we see the world right now is, is certainly affected by that. And I'm sure Very the world different. will change pretty rapidly here. Um, so you're actually in the middle of a job transition, right? What, what's your role? Uh, so I am the digital marketing strategist for right now, the enrollment marketing team at the University of Dayton. Uh, but the, the digital team is being centralized. So I'll be dealing with sort of campus-wide digital marketing initiatives from now on. Yeah. So a lot of people think about a university, they think, you know, when we're advertising that the audience is prospective students and that's been your role, but the university has lots of audiences, right? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, perspective uh, on the enrollment side, you know, prospective students, you have their parents, which is increasingly a more important uh, group. You have, you know, school counselors who are helping students make these decisions and also sort of boosting the reputation of the university uh, in their communities. Um, you know, uh, as far as the reputation of the university goes, you have other schools, you have people who, you know, make decisions on different college boards and things like that. Um, news organizations who cover universities and, you know, put out these rankings and, and, and stuff like that. And then of course, uh, on the sort of donation side, every alumni, every person in the community that a university is engaged in, um, all that to seek those donations and sort of help, help buoy the school's financials. Right. So with the, when you're trying to move the needle on the university's reputation, all those, all those audiences are important and certainly the fundraising alumni. And, um, as you said, the prospective students, you, you've got, you've got students and their parents. Those are very different audiences and how you communicate with them, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's such a, a difficult thing to wrap your head around because one student, it might only make sense to target, you know, talk to directly to them because they're making all their decisions. Another student might solely rely on their parents' input. So it's finding a balance there and finding out what you know is going to resonate with each individual group and with people is, is certainly a challenge. Well, since you are kind of going from the enrollment side, targeting, uh, getting students in the door to more broader, you can take this however you want, but what, what are your goals? Sure. So for enrollment, that's, uh, you know, it's a, a little easier, but also it's, it's still fairly nuanced. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's getting students in the door come used to become August, but now it's come really any time of the year with everything that's going on. Um, so, you know, and, and to back that up, right, you have students who actually show up and then, you know, students who deposit, you know, and confirm their enrollment at the university and then students who apply and then, back to students who just seek more information. So, you know, it's, it's working through that funnel of moving, moving students down, down that line to eventually actually getting in the door uh, of the university or, you know, starting online classes, whatever that might be. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the ultimate goal. And then the other thing to keep in mind, I think is students 
don't make a decision on the university on a whim generally or you know in a in a day right it's something they've probably been considering since high, they started high school if they're really a go getter since you know middle school you know it, you know it's it's a super complex thing so um for us a lot of it is just measuring um how engaged students are with our communication and with our website and you know, anything else we put out there and you know with our counselors whatever it might be um and then trying to compare that to the benchmarks of whatever group they're in, right? So we think, you know, a, a junior in high school is is less interested than a senior in high school. So we have benchmarks for that to see how, you know, how long and how much they're they're paying attention to us. And how do you um, measure then, how engaged they are? Uh, so on the website, and we're looking at, you know, how long they're spending on the site, depending on what they're looking at, right? Sometimes if it's a transactional thing, we want to discount if they are there for just a, you know, 30 seconds. Other times you want to make sure they're getting all the information they need and staying, staying on the site for a long time. Um, how many pages they're looking at, uh, what sort of, you know, with events and all the different stuff that universities do, we, tr we track and measure all of that, right? So we can see if a student has engaged with whichever event in the past, you know, how many events they've come to, if they visited campus, all of that goes into that consideration of, uh, you know, how, what are they how interested are they in, in ultimately coming here? And that helped us focus our efforts on the right students uh, going forward. How are you connecting the the individual users, on, you know, on, on a website visit to the students, and and especially whether they came to an event or not? Uh, so you know, the the CRM does a lot of that. Uh, to, to sort of make that back-end connection. On the front end, it is it is hard, right? I mean, with email communication, because we're sending that directly from, you know, that database we have of, of prospective students, uh, we can make that communication. But with other forms, uh, you know, we, we do make the leap, right? And if we send on a mailer, uh, a print mailer, and it tells people to go to a specific page or do a, take a specific action, we're, we're we're trying our best to link that up and, and see those trends, but ultimately, you know, it's still a leap of faith. Um, and, you know, especially with data and people being more aware of privacy and, and the university's mission, uh, the university state mission, you know, we never want to be <laughs> creepy, you know, we never want to cross that line into, you know, potentially data privacy issues and things like that. So we try to be sensitive to that and, and you know, not, not track every single thing our students are doing while still making informed decisions. So, so how are you targeting them to begin with? You, you mentioned emails. Um, yeah, okay. so the vast majority of our communication uh, these days is gonna be email. Um, you know, print still has a big piece, it's still a big piece of the, of the mix and um, actually is I think more important now than it used to be. I think there is sort of a time when print was, uh, seen as just junk mail, but now I think with younger students who have been inundated with digital communication, print now seems like a really sort of, oh, that's authentic and legitimate and they care about me to send me something because that's such an antiquated system. Right. So now it's, it's you know, an even more important piece of the mix. Um, so, so those are, the, I would say, the two most, uh, the two heaviest drivers, but then digital advertising, um, we do a lot of list-based uh, targeting and things like that. And then, you know, with geo-targeting, we can identify, you know, certain schools. Because we're a Catholic university, right, we, we have a, a better sense, I think, than a lot of universities of where our prospective students come from. So we can, you know, identify communities that, uh, you know, resonate with the university and, and target them as well. Um, and a lot of that data, you know, 
comes from students offering it up, right? If they are interested in the school, they come to the site and fill out a form or they talk to a counselor, whatever that might be. Um, and then, uh, you know, like every university will, will buy data, you know, with the, um, the big test takers and the ACT, SAT, all those sell that data. So Right. You mentioned geotargeting and a lot of people might not understand what you're doing with that. So what what is that? How does that help you? Uh, so, you know, geotargeting would be identifying a, a specific region. So for us in Dayton, you know, a, a lot of our students are local. Um, we can, you know, and we have certain programs, right? So if we have the, uh, we have a partnership with the Sinclair Community College, mm-hmm. um, that's that's pretty strong. And, and we can identify sort of regions in the Dayton area that have a strong affinity for that school and for ours. So we can, you know, target those specific areas and that might be down to a specific high school or, you know, probably larger than in a neighborhood around a specific high school um, of those students who might be interested. And then, you know, if we look at sort of uh, historical information on where our students are coming from, you know, uh, places like Chicago that have you know, big Catholic populations and resonate with sort of the, the um, vision and message of the school, we can target those communities there as well. And, and you know, that goes for uh, cities all over New York, Chicago, you know, big places that, that matter to us. And then how are you reaching them? Uh, so, you know, we have, we can segment the, those emails. Like I said, we can segment those lists we already have to, to those specific areas. Um, and then of course, digital advertising, we've done billboards in certain cities before in the past. Um, I mean, really anything under the sun we can do to, to reach them cost effectively, uh, I think is, is a super big part of uh, university marketing as well, right? Because right. unlike working for a private organization, you don't have these massive marketing budgets, so you're trying to do more with less. Um, so, you know, finding those ways and, and you know, social media, every, everything. <laughs> right. So what kind of tools do you use, you know, for, for tracking KPIs, for, you know, looking at analytics or looking at the campaign results? Sure. So, um, I mean, the, the Google suite is sort of the, the biggest and the best and the most robust for free. Uh, again, like I said, you know, cost is a big thing that we're sensitive to. Um, yeah. So Google Analytics is our primary tool uh, for for tracking you know, website and our campaign success. Um, and then because it works so well together, we use the Google Data Studio, uh, which is sort of a vis- visualization and reporting tool. So we can put together, sort of take that information uh, from analytics and turn it into something that's a little bit more palatable to decision makers and a little bit more pretty looking. Um, so those are our two primary analytics tools. And, you know, and when you're that, looking at analytics, uh, are you looking, do you, are you pulling that stuff into a dash, that data into a dashboard and looking at it? Or are you looking more at the raw data? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I both, I would a say bit of both. Yeah, um, we, we'd have a dashboard um, for all of our marketing communications. I have an enrollment specific dashboard as well that sort of includes everything that I look at on the day to day. And then, you know, there's, it's, it's hard to translate the full capabilities of a tool like Google Analytics into a dashboard. So pretty much every day I'm in analytics looking up some specific weird thing that I can't quite visualize or show in, an, in a different format. So yeah. uh, I, I do both. <laughs> so the dashboard is both a tool for you. And I, I know one of your goals is to then be able to um, convey that information kind of up the, up the hierarchy to higher levels of administration. It, but are they looking at the same dashboard that you are? 
Um, yes, and generally, yes. Uh, you know, I have a few, I have a hidden page or two that, that I, only I can see on there that shows sort of a little bit more of the nitty gritty. Uh -huh. um, but uh, our leadership in the enrollment division, at least, uh, is sort of focused on that numbers game. They're a little bit more sophisticated than I think some, some you know, departments may be. So they are interested in seeing the, the raw data a little bit more than, than other people might be. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the important thing, too, is they're also very busy uh, leadership. So making sure that, yes, if they really want to dig in, they can. But also here are the highlights so you don't have to. <laughs> so. I, I, there are a lot of businesses that are complicated in their sales funnel, you know. But, um, you know, you mentioned how that, that process um, is kind of a slow process for, for students to make that decision. Certainly, you know, you think about e-commerce and you're trying to get them to put the product in the cart and, and check out and right. your funnel is much slower. Do you think about it in terms of the funnel? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, I mean, we're starting to, the, the trends in higher education are showing that students are making these decisions far earlier than we ever thought. Right. So, I mean, in the past we would focus on seniors. Um, I've worked with a few other universities in previous roles and I mean, they were only focused on, people, you know, a month out from graduation, when really, those students probably already know what they're, or have a good idea of what they're going to do uh, right. far before that. But on the other side, end of things, you know, we live in uncertain times. So things change quite quickly. So you know, if you have something in mind, all throughout high school, but then, you know, your financial situation changes or something like that, there could still be an opportunity to, to sort of swoop in and, and make an impact at the end. Um, and your messaging so changes depending on where they are. Absolutely, yeah. Phone, so, I mean, right? it's it's a much um, softer, more informational poll to begin with, and then it starts to become like, hey, these deadlines are coming up, you know, let's make sure you get in there if you want to be considered. Um, and, you know, we continue marketing up until they're here on campus. And even then, uh, there have been some regulation changes to where before, once a student was, uh, you know, accepted and confirmed to a university, uh, they were sort of, you know, other schools had to back off a little bit, but but now that's not necessarily the case. So um, we're so seeing schools more. schools can keep re recruiting even after yeah, people right? committed. Yeah, right. So you know, uh, even I, after I, they've enrolled, right? Absolutely. So you know, you'll see big pushes. Um, you know, around that the beginning of the spring semester over the holidays of like, hey, your first semester wasn't that great at this school you thought was going to be awesome. Well, here, try us. This is what we have to offer. So um, it's. I don't want to say it's a free-for-all yet, but it's certainly uh, a more interesting uh, sort of landscape than it's ever been before. And, and who knows how things will change as some universities become much more desperate now. Absolutely, with yeah, especially with, with things going on right now. You know, I think once, once things shake out and everyone sees what August looks like and how many students are going to be on campus, it's, it's going to be a whole new world. So, What about other... Uh, social media, um, in, in terms of tools that you use, do, do you advertise on social media and what kind of do, tools? Do yeah. With those, you know, it's, it's tricky because advertising can be annoying, right? I mean, I think email is a little bit more organic, but when you're talking about social media ads and things like that, especially to, to you know, students who are very savvy, they can be a little bit pushy. So it's, it's a balancing act for us of, you know, hey, we want to remind you that, you know, this event that you'll be interested in or this deadline that's coming up is, is coming up and we want you to take action, but we also don't want to annoy you about it. So you know, we're very sensitive to frequency and things like that when doing those things. What do you think makes an effective digital advertising campaign, you know, for the university or for any company? 
Uh, that's that's a great question. Um, I, you know, I think it's really, I don't know. It, it, I've worked with a lot of businesses um, in the past as a consultant, and I've seen campaigns that on paper seemed like the perfect perfect campaign, right? Like, oh, that's such a brilliant idea. This is going to work amazingly. And they didn't do anything. <laughs> you know, they didn't turn the, move the needle at all for the business. Yeah. Uh, and then I've seen, you know, slap together sort of, we need to do something. Let's, let's try it. Uh, campaigns really work wonders. So I think ultimately it comes down to a bit of a matching game of finding the right platform, the right audience and the right message to, to move the needle. So you know, if, if even one of those things is slightly mismatched, I think, uh, you know, you might, you might lose a lot of your effectiveness. So it's, it's really just, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say it's, it's a little bit of luck too, but I mean, it definitely is, but yeah, it's, it's finding all the right pieces and hoping they work together long enough to make, make a difference. How does the role of digital marketing fit with more traditional marketing channels? Uh, that's also a good question. Um, you know, I, I have always seen it as uh, sort of a, a boost to traditional, right? I, I, I've always been a proponent of traditional still because I think it is the best way to reach large numbers of people. Um, you know, it's the way to reach older people as well. Um, and, and I think younger people still, like I said, see the, um, it seems more authentic to them a little bit. Um, so, you know, I, I see the two as definitely compliment. And, I, and honestly, I, I challenge the idea of digital not being traditional anymore. I mean, I've been in the industry for eight years now, and it's completely changed from what it was. And I think the, the you know, if you're not doing digital and you're only doing traditional now, you're, you're, you're you know, 10 years past where you should have been at this point. So, so probably better to think of it as just part of the marketing I think mix. it's just marketing now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are there any common mistakes you see companies doing? Yeah, so um, I, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed, uh, you know, the the trend in analytics now, and the the main idea behind analytics that you'll hear a lot is storytelling. Um, I mean, that's the the buzzword uh, these days. It seems like, um, but I think I, I've seen a lot of companies, whether it's a digital advertising agency or whatever it might be, sort of not real, not think about that definition of what storytelling is, right? It's not for the, the teller, it's for the audience. Um, I've seen, you know, a lot of companies will try and tell a story that it's still their, just their story, right? It's, it, it glosses over any sort of negative things. It only highlights the positive and it's, it's sometimes too dumbed down to just like, Hey, we, we, you know, this is what we did without focusing on the details. And, and I think, you know, every audience is going to be different and the story is for the audience. So I think tailoring a, a story for a specific audience and, and understanding what the people you're talking to are looking for is, is super important rather than just trying to tell some generic story that makes you sound really good. Uh -huh. How do you stay up to date on the industry? Are there any resources you'd recommend? Uh, yeah, so I use, um, I think it's called Feedly. Uh, it's a, a tool that sort of just creates a news feed. Um, and I've signed up to pretty much every digital marketing resource out there. And I can, at a glance, see um, headlines and, and click on those. Um, and just to see what's happening in the news for the industry. Um, and you know, there's some tech ones out there that'll focus specifically on, on MarTech and advertising tech, which are great. Um, and then I just, I think the biggest thing is just maintaining a network of other people. Um, 
you know, I have some of my best friends have come from the industry and I talk to them pretty regularly about uh, new things that they've heard of and seen. And, and really, I think networking is, is the key for staying up on everything. What's your best tip for digital marketing professionals? Ooh, um, well, I think going back to the storytelling thing, don't, don't lose the, the forest for the trees, I guess, you know, you know, realize that there are real people on every side of, of things, right? So you're advertising to real people. So try to put yourself in the mindset you're reporting to real people. So try to make sure you're being authentic and honest with them. Um, and yeah, I think if you just keep in mind and, and have a little empathy and, uh, you know, compassion and for the people that you're marketing to and marketing for, um, I think it can really make a difference. Yeah. Great point. All right. Well, thank you, Wade, for taking the time to talk to me. Sure. No problem. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Unique Visitor Podcast. Let me know if you have any feedback. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Kurtz. See you next time.